History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hello, Biblical Citizens. What is globalism, and what does the Bible say about it, if anything? We hear this term a lot these days. We also hear this term more recently called Christian nationalism, and we're going to touch on that too. So what's the deal? Well, we're going to talk today with an expert who's been studying this topic, globalism, for a long time, Pam Frost, who serves with Truth Exchange, a Christian ministry that's been speaking out on cultural issues with a biblical worldview for many years. Pam does research for Truth Exchange. She's been interviewed on po- a number of podcasts and speaks at conferences. A little bit of background, and then we'll bring Pam on. Pam got started, I understand, on doing this research for Truth Exchange when she and her husband, they were longtime members of a Christian church that in 2005 suddenly introduced a New Age type of labyrinth which some other churches have done as well, and they encouraged all their members to embrace this. And Pam was wondering, what the heck is this? And that led to a a lot, I think, Pam. So welcome, Pam, to Biblical Citizen Let's Roll. Glad to be here, Brian. So to get a little bit more of your story here, so I understand you were pretty taken aback when your biblical church, it seems like, suddenly started going New Age. So you want to tell us a little bit more about that, and then after that, tell us a little bit about what you do at Truth Exchange or what Truth Exchange does. Okay, yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, it really began, uh, as you have said, my husband and I were in a solidly biblical church for a long time, uh, and I actually think uh, it was around 2004 I had to correct my dates there. Uh, I looked at my paper that I wrote back then, I think it was 2004, that the um, labyrinth was introduced in that church as a prayer path to God. And so they laid down in the, in the gym of the church a 40-foot labyrinth on the floor, um, and, and just so your audience can know, um, a labyrinth is like a maze, but unlike a maze, it doesn't have any dead ends. It has one way in and one way out, so you don't get lost in it. You go to the center. So anyways, the congregation was invited to walk the winding circuits of the labyrinth, toward mystical union with God. Well, we were floored and, and absolutely alarmed, obviously, because we recognized this as New Age completely. And um, so I started researching what the labyrinth actually um, was, what its origins were, because what was happening in our church, it, we were seeing that sound doctrine was and, and biblical prayer were kind of being shoved to the side as everything was turning 
to the authority of mystical experience. So what I ended up finding in the research was that a woman named Lauren Artris, who was an Episcopal priest in um, Grace Cathedral uh, in uh, San Francisco, which Grace Cathedral is a heavily New Age church, um, she was the one popularizing the labyrinth, even in evangelical churches. So I read her book on the labyrinth, and what I found <laughs> was stunning. She, she says, just very crystal clearly, she says that the labyrinth is an ancient symbol for the Divine Mother. Oh, dear. The God... Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Talk about heavy feminist spirituality. Um, the God within, so each of us has divinity within us, and the goddess. Well, so and this you, goes you, right back to the roots of New Age, which is very connected yes. with globalism, isn't it? And so we're, yeah, we, we want to talk about globalism today, the spiritual roots of it, where it goes back to in the Bible, and, and how it's operating in our world today. Uh, so, so what exactly is globalism? How is it seeking to conquer the world? Just give us a, a working definition, and then we'll get into the spiritual roots. Okay. Um, globalism views the world, it, it's based on paganism, as you've said, and it views the world, at, it, well, and I should say, globalism is a philosophy, right. and, and it views the world as one interconnected system, actually as a living organism that transcends national sovereignties, borders, constitutions, personal rights, laws, and religions. It wants to meld the church into one global uh, unit. Uh, and wants to um, eliminate all borders and boundaries in it. The interesting thing about it is, philosophically, religiously, is that globalism actually views human beings not as individuals made in the image of God in need of redemption, but as a collective of global citizenry that is evolving towards universal divinity. And, and, and so the this is, yeah, this is a part of the whole idea of oneism versus twoism, which just briefly yeah. in a very nutshell is believing that earth is God versus a, having a creator of the earth. Uh, so, yes. and, and we could talk about that a lot. And that's what a lot of what truth exchange does. But so yes. tell us about the spiritual impulse for globalism that goes back to the very fall of man. Well, yes, and, and, and let me just, just give you this little nutshell. Globalists really are determined to establish a one-world global government, one-world global monetary system, and a one-world mystical religion. So the yeah. impetus for, for globalism really goes right back to the Garden of Eden when Satan said to Eve, uh, you know, essentially, you know, has God really said, um, you won't die, um, and in the day you eat of the forbidden fruit, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil for yourself. So globalism is really based on denying the Creator and what He says and His redemptive grace, and um, saying to mankind, I mean, this, this is what's driven the humanist uh, utopian drive from the very beginning, you can fix everything yourself in your own strength, you can rule as God. Uh, you will be as gods, knowing good and evil for yourself. So that's really the, the, the launch point of it. 
And then, as you know, uh, the first real expression of a united pagan humanity, essentially the original globalists, happened at the Tower of Babel. I want to where... ask you a question about that. Because yeah. um, I, I heard your podcast uh, when you talked about that. And a question I have, Pam, is why was God so unhappy that the people wanted to all unite? I'm talking about the Tower of Babel or Babel. I don't know which is, anyway. Why was God so unhappy with the people's attempts to unite? They had this incredibly ambitious project to build a tower to heaven. And God was unhappy with it, wasn't he? Yes. And great question, Brian. Um, Well, if you go back to Genesis 1.28, mankind was created in 1.26, it begins to say this. 1.26, it says male and female were created in the image and likeness of God. Well, 1.28, it says that, God created them to um, multiply and fill the earth, and they were to have dominion over the earth under the authority of God. So man was to spread out and spread the glory of God throughout the globe. That was his call. Well, man fell. So then fallen mankind at the Tower of Babel, uh, what they're doing is, is they're pursuing the serpent's lie of their own divinity by uniting, God said, spread out and glorify me, <clears throat> and uh, they're uniting uh, in their own divinity, in direct defiance against the Creator. So you know, God was not happy with that, because that's a path of destruction. What man thought is, okay, this is self-realization, self-fulfillment, is going to lead to the destruction of man. Fallen man needs redemption. So, and and, and we... We see in history this impulse that's been there since the Tower of Babel to have this global unity of the whole earth under uh, the direction of a very few people. And so we've seen the the Assyrian Empire and the Babylonian Babylonian Empire and the uh, Greek Empire under Alexander the Great, the... The the Roman Empire, I mean, there's just been one big empire after another where there's a conqueror that wants to take over the entire world, and it it really is satanic, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and if you you think about it, too, it's it's really, um, you think about the gospel uh, redeeming people from every tribe and tongue and nation on earth, to be one in Christ, not to destroy the, um, the distinctions between ethnicity and language and culture, but to unite people in Christ. And what, uh, what this urge to globalism does, what this urge to global conquest and empire is doing, in a sense, really, it's a counterfeit of the gospel. It's, it's a competitor to and a replacement for the gospel. And instead of God ruling with redemptive grace over us, who truly God is good and benevolent to us, um, the quest to rule the world, that as you've mentioned, these empires, the Babylonians, the Medes, and Persians, you know, all the ones you've mentioned. Soviet um, Union. Yeah, the (laughs) Soviet Union. Yeah, the Nazi Germans, the Italian Nazis, and you think, too, of the Japanese with the hero worship. You know, the impetus there is that they, the, the power elite like Hitler and Emperor Hirohito, Alexander the Great, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, the, the leader that's over these empires 
puts themselves in the place of God. I mean, we see that biblically particularly. And it always uh, results in totalitarianism and just authoritarianism. It results in no freedom for the individual. Uh, people are suppressed, the, the gospel is suppressed, and yet they, they paint it as, we are going to create world peace. We are going to be the saviors of mankind. Uh, man, yeah, without God. So this is this is very dangerous philosophy, and it's we're, going into our schools through Common Core, and we're going to talk about that more. We're going to talk about right. that right after the break, Pam. We're just taking a quick break. We want to talk about what's happening right now as we explore the foundations of globalism with Pam Frost of Truth Exchange. Be right back. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. We are back with Pam Frost of the Truth Exchange Christian Ministry, and we're having a fascinating discussion about globalism, the spiritual roots of it, the the uh, fruit of it that we see in our world, the history as well. Uh, now, we want to go into what's happening today and some of the globalist institutions that are running things from behind the scenes in a lot of ways. Although you can look in to see what they're doing, they don't hide it. At, well, they hide some of it, but some of it is right out there. So some of the institutions that are promoting this philosophy in our schools through Common Core are the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the International Monetary Fund. There's there's a lot of them, and, and if you really want to look into that, it, there's a book called The Short Course in Global Governance, and it really outlines some of the uh, institutions that are promoting Agenda 21 and Agenda 30, you can find out about it if you want to, uh, but they're not out there in the in the news so much. But let's ask Pam what you discovered in your research about the philosophical origins of the United Nations, because a lot of people don't know this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because just as the Tower of Babel was founded in defiance against God, the same is true of the United Nations. This is really well illustrated by Dr. Robert Mueller, who served for a long time as the Assistant Secretary General of the UN. Now, he is the author, he's the one who authored what's called the World Core Curriculum, which is the inspiration for the Common Core Curriculum that's now used in many of our public schools. So what people really need to understand about Robert Mueller and the World Core Curriculum and Common Core is that Mueller, in his um, manual for the World Core Curriculum, he wrote it right there in the preface that he credited the New Age teachings of the theosophist Alice Bailey that she received from a spirit guide called the Tibetan, or Joal Kool. And he, he credited Alice Bailey's occult, esoteric, New Age writings as the very inspiration for the World Core curriculum. And, and when somebody does Alice, channeling like that, it is... It, it is is uh, it is clearly demonic. I mean, you don't get channeling yeah, from from the that's from not, God. That's not I the mean, way we communicate with God, right? No, that is not. And no. so there are entities that are out there that are channeling 
as they say, not to mention, disinformation not to... Not to mention we don't try to communicate with spiritual entities besides God. Yeah, that oh, is we don't try to go to other spiritual entities. No. But I want to ask Pam because we're going to have to move okay. through a couple things. Another organization that fascinates and, and also that I have some, to be honest, some anxiety about, Pam, is the World Economic Forum. They're holding their 50th anniversary meeting in Davos, Switzerland. These guys really know where these elites really know where to go for meetings, but there's going to be corporate, <laughs> political, world bankers from all over. It's led by Klaus Schwab of Germany, which a lot of people aren't even familiar with Klaus Schwab. Pam, can you share what are some of Mr. Schwab's and the WEF's plans for our world? And it's shocking. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not good. Klaus Schwab's vision for the future of the world is what he calls the Great Reset. And here's what it means. Elimination of national sovereignty... Our, uh, particularly the United States, our Constitution, our military power, private gun ownership, and private property, in order that global socialism and a universal digital currency can be imposed on the world, as well as a universal mystical spirituality as the only tolerated religion. It also plans for massive immigration into the United States and all Western nations that once were part of Western Christendom, and it calls for global carbon taxes to be paid to a globalist organization, probably like the United Nations. I mean, every single one of these is a dangerous idea. Just take elimination of private property. Didn't he say, nobody's going to own anything, but you'll be happy about it? So. Yes, there's a a two-minute video on the site, and you can hear the young man say just that. You will own nothing, but you will be happy. That is the definition of slavery, is that there's no private property, and you you, you can't defend yourself with your, you know, arms. They're just stripping everything away. But these people are are very, very powerful, and you won't hear about them on CNN or NBC because... They don't want to talk about these folks. They just want to let them do their work. Wait, no if sovereignty. You get on their website, you'll find it all. Yeah, it's out there. Oh, it's it's out there. It's not it's not like it's made up. This stuff is all out there, folks. No, no, it's yeah. And also, I just wanted to say because what Klaus Schwab refers to as the fourth industrial revolution is his plan to interface human biology with digital technology, which is already being done, and it's called transhumanism, because he wants to redefine entirely what it actually means to be a human being. He wants to, rather than being created in the image of God, we would be uh, created in the image of technology and dehumanized and depersonalized, devalued. We we pretty much turn into robots. They can take away yep. any of our money if we're not behaving Mind the way control. they want to, us to. Absolutely. Which, talk about the definition of slavery. We have no freedom whatsoever. We're, we're programmed to yep. do what they want us to do and nothing else. And they already have a lot of that system in China. And that's being, yes. you know, their, their goal is to implement the same social, thing social here. Social credit system. So what about Christian yeah. nationalism? This is being portrayed as a bad thing. And this is just... Even, even in a number of churches, this term... Yeah. which I didn't hear until recently, Pam. I don't know if you did, but this term Christian nationalism, but 
It's even being promoted in some churches. I mean, promote. It's not promoted. I mean, it's being attacked in in a number. And of and 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 what is it? I mean, yeah. all what it is it? is you know, love of country under God yeah, for the United absolutely. States and being patriotic. So. Uh, Absolutely. And it, it not it the opposite yeah. of globalism? I mean, so that's the, oppo- uh, you know, uh, those two things problem. are opposed. So Yeah, exactly right. And the desire to preserve our Christian foundation upon, upon which our Constitution is based is a good thing for everybody. It provides our system of freedom. But now the term Christian nationalism, which I agree with you, Brian, I hadn't heard that um, particular term, uh, it, it was, I believe it was coined fairly recently, with a particular purpose of being a bludgeon to shame Christians into silence so that globalism can arise without opposition. I, it's def- name-calling. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's, what they're it's, teaching it's in the schools. It's slander, it's name-calling, so. and it's... Well, and, and let's talk about COVID, how they're using that, because they have to have a, a catastrophe in order to use it as an excuse to take away people's property, to take away their rights. Everybody's filled with fear and they're, the, the, the businesses are shut down. They're not able to use their property the way they should be able to use it. And so tell us, you know, you said that they need to have a, a well, catastrophe. You missed where that term came from. I want, I want Pam to explain that they actually pre-COVID talked about needing a catastrophe to, because Pam, I don't see most American, many Americans, many Frenchmen, many Germans. I still don't think, even with all the propaganda, they're just going to willingly give up all their private property, give up all their sovereignty. So you said in your research you found some talk of a of a catastrophe before COVID ever happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the the globalists have long understood what's called um, the catchphrase: "Chaos um, <clears throat> creates new world order." So out of chaos, new world order. So, I mean, this has been decades old. Even back in one of the um, economic stock market crashes, I remember seeing on TV Henry Kissinger from the uh, stock exchange, New York Stock Exchange, saying this is too great of a, uh, of, of a crisis to let go to waste. So crisis, catastrophe, chaos. And now we've seen in this, you know, for over a year now that COVID has been used just as that uh, chaotic mechanism to create fear and condition people towards greater and greater uh, loss of freedoms in exchange for promised health, peace, security. So, yes, you're absolutely right. This is just evil that they're actually creating these catastrophes like this. I mean... Or yeah, at least and, yeah, really is. taking advantage. I mean, you know, Pam, we're already coming to the end advantage. of our program, and we I knew we weren't going to cover everything, but give us the uh, contact information for Truth Exchange, because I encourage all our listeners to go to your website. There's just a wealth of information there. What, yes. what, what's well, the, website? the website? Website is truthexchange.com, and Truth Exchange is spelled the word truth, and then the letter X, and then the word change. So T-R-U-T-H-X. C-H-A-N-G-E dot com. Well, and just briefly, how can people act locally to oppose these globalist agendas? Well, I think first they need to understand that when globalists use terms such as 
you know, they're promoting peace and freedom and health and all this. These, I think Christians need to understand these words are a smokescreen yes. for their true intent to destroy the Constitution. So believers must stand on biblical truth and inform others. We must pray, evangelize, and work locally to support constitutional freedoms by getting involved in active ministry and community affairs. We cannot be passive, and we must be informed. That's excellent. Good advice. That, that, that yes. old, that old that, phrase, that it was a propaganda phrase, I think. Think globally, act locally, because I think that more yes. came from the left. But there's some truth to that. Yeah. Be, resist the globalist agenda and yeah. act locally. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they yeah. cannot continue. They cannot further their agenda if people resist it locally. So get involved in your city council and in your county supervisor meetings and things like that. Yes. So, um, and, and Truth Exchange website can help people get educated I encourage on it people to do that. Pam, thanks so much. We, we need to have you on again because it's been a terrific discussion and uh, appreciate your patience getting started today and look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes. So, Thank you both so much. To bless your neighbor this week, as mentioned, go to that Truth Exchange uh, website and sign up for podcasts. Pam and others have some terrific podcasts there. And also, another thing, pray for opportunities to dialogue with a younger person, a younger person in your life or that you find in your life, to dialogue about globalism and these related matters. It's so important. So, till next week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen Let's Roll on K-Praise.